Hello, I'm Allison Bunker. And I'm Alva Kowatavin. And um, this is Everyday Women. Welcome to our first episode. Um, Everyday Women is a podcast that's dedicated to shining light on the incredible women in our lives. Um, and today with us, we have Virginia Engel. Hi. Uh, Miss Engel is a biology teacher at our school. Um, and we're going to be talking to her today. Yeah. Okay, so let's get started. We're going to do a few fun questions. Just some light stuff to kind of warm up. Um, uh, what would be your ideal peanut butter and jelly sandwich combination? Including like the peanut butter, the bread, <laughs> how it's sliced, like everything, down to every detail. Okay, so um, first I think peanut butter goes well with most things. Mm-hmm. So I definitely um, agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, bread, I would want like a sourdough, like a crusty sourdough, mm. lightly toasted. Um, Crunchy, natural peanut butter. And then, I'm not so much into jelly, but um, pickles. Mm. Yeah. So it's an acquired taste. It's surprisingly good. Um, And it's not any type of pickles. It has to be bread and butter pickles because they're like kind of sweet. And then Mm -hmm. my personal favorite is, have you ever had wickles? They're like spicy pickles. No. Anyways. Sounds like a lot of flavors happening all at once. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, boom. Um, Yeah. So, and they're like juicy and the sweet and the sour of the pickle goes with like the savory of the peanut butter. That sounds good. Wow. Yeah. That's intense. I definitely have to try it now, though. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to try it. But don't get like a kosher dill pickle (laughs) or peanut butter. No. No. You got to do the bread and butter pickles. Yeah. If you do the other one, it's like you're not even really trying it. You're not giving it justice. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Not good. Cool. Cool. Yep. Yeah, it was actually in the New York Times a really? couple years ago. Oh, yeah. did you did you try it then, or was it like you tried it before? I had tried it before, Got and it. then I was validated. Got it. <laughs> That's always like really, like I know my sister. She really likes to have her pancakes with peanut butter and then maple syrup mm. and she's like done it forever mm. and then this summer <laughs> there was an article in a paper about like a, some politician eating his pancakes exactly the same way and my oh, sister was like man. I told you yeah. yeah it's very funny very yeah funny. I like peanut butter not maple syrup so yeah well um okay so we're gonna get into some of the other questions we have today um so one of the really interesting things you've done is you've gone on some oceanography cruises so do you want to tell um listeners a little bit about like what what that is, give a little background, like what what those are. Yeah, so um, my educational background is in oceanography, and um, I've gone on three cruises, and um, two of them were um, in grad school, and I was studying plankton in the Bering Sea, and so we were on a Coast Guard icebreaker, um, and. So that was one type. And then what really got me into oceanography, though, was doing a semester abroad with an organization called Sea Semester. And with that group, um, I sailed from Mexico to Tahiti uh, on a 135-foot-long, two-masted tall ship. And we um, did all the sail handling and navigating. We navigated by the stars, so we weren't allowed to look at the GPS. Um, We all did a research project while we were out there. What was your research project? I was looking at the diversity of the phytoplankton and zooplankton communities and seeing if a more diverse zooplankton community relied on a more diverse phytoplankton community. Hmm. Um, Yeah, so it was really interesting just to, that was 
quite literally like a life-changing event. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought I wanted to be a doctor, as I think maybe a lot of um, young people who are into science yeah. think mm-hmm. that, you know, like that's a really tangible profession related mm-hmm. to science. Like, yeah. I'll just mm-hmm. be a doctor. Um, and then I went and did that, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I love the ocean. Like, research for research's sake is valuable. Um, yeah, so that was so... So cool. Six weeks sailing, 3,000 miles. Wow. That sounds amazing. Did you like have a lot of sailing experience prior to that or was it kind of like... I never sailed before. Just a leap of faith. That really was a leap of faith. I've had some really terrible sailing experiences. Really? Like seasickness? No, I went to a couple different summer camps and they were kind of like... I would think it was like eleven, and they like put us on a boat, and they were like, they were like, okay, just like sail across the lake, and needless to say, I didn't make it. (laughs) Uh, It's not something you can just like pick up and do. Totally, yeah. Um, So yeah, so then I went to grad school and um, did these cruises, and it was a Coast Guard ship, and so that was a really interesting peek into what it's like being in a branch of the military without... Oh, so you were on the ship with mostly Coast Guard. Yeah, so the Coast... interesting. Yeah, Yeah. Um, because the Bering Sea is one of the nation's most productive Mm -hmm. fisheries, and so Uh there are a lot of fishing boats out there, and um, the Coast Guard is there kind of, I don't want to say patrolling, but... Yeah, like illegal fishing. Yeah, Yeah, and to rescue people that Mm -hmm. get into trouble, Um, and so it's kind of used as a ship of opportunity, they're out there, and so they have science facilities on board. And um, if we were in the middle of a science uh, station and they got a distress call, like we would go and deal with that. Um, yeah. That never actually happened. The only time that they thought they saw a like a capsized boat, it this is so gross. Ended up being a like dead walrus carcass. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. So, Did you, um, like, what was the, like, ratio, like, people on board the ship to, like, Coast Guard to people who were there for, like, academic purposes? Um, it was about 100, I want to say 120 Coast Guard. So it's, like, a really, really big boat. Yeah, four, that mm-hmm. one's 420 yeah, feet long. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, they, their, like, home dock is here in Seattle. If you're mm-hmm. driving on the viaduct going south and you are looking out towards the water, obviously. <laughs> like, right near the stadiums, mm-hmm. sometimes you'll see, like, very big boats. Uh, they are, like, one, one, oh, like one of those, like, huge, like, gray tanker-like yeah. things? Not a tank. It's got a red hull oh, okay, um, cool. on, like, a white bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, so about 120 Coast Guard to 45 scientists. Cool. Um, yeah, so that was really... Did, did the scientists on board, like, did you bond a lot? Was it, like, a very... And I imagine you kind of, like, it's mostly just, like, that one group of people. So did you guys get really close? Was that, like, a one part of the experience? Yeah. I, so you typically go with the people that you work with mm-hmm. on day-to-day. Got it. And then they're... So you're there with your research group of three to six people. And then there are a bunch of other research groups there as well. Mm-hmm. And... um so yeah, I mean it's an opportunity to really get to know the people you work with really, really well because you're spending all like you <laughs> yeah. can't leave. Yeah. Um, you're spending all day every day with them, and um, but just like kind of in the normal working world, you work different shifts or things like mm-hmm. that. And so we actually worked the night shift because we were trying to catch krill, and they 
live at the bottom during the day and they come up to the surface at night and so to catch them you just mm -hmm. wait till the night um so we didn't get to like see many people most of the time because everyone else was asleep yeah. so it was just kind of like you guys yeah i imagine you got really close though yeah yeah i mean yeah the night shift is a really funny funny time yeah, yeah. for sure um, so definitely, like, probably a pretty big leap of faith to decide to go on, like, a really long cruise like that. But, like, did you feel like, like, what, what pushed you to, like, to kind of take that, um, kind of take that risk? Um, and how did it pay off, do you feel like? Of going on a cruise like that? Yeah. yeah like, why'd you go? Yeah. Like, I imagine, I, loved, I think a lot of people yeah. hearing that would be like, wow, that sounds really scary to, like, go live on a boat and for, like, And the first hand experience, too, like, really delving yeah. into that. Like, you yeah. said you yeah. wanted to be a doctor, too. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. <laughs> well, so the grad school cruises, I really wanted to go on mainly because I did that study abroad yeah. in college. And mm -hmm. that, I honestly don't know why I did that, <laughs> but it really paid off. And I think maybe maybe the lesson there is that if you like have something that you're thinking about doing and like to just trust your gut, you know, that's basically yeah. what it was, was like, I heard about this thing and I was like, all right, if I can get all my pre-med classes done by the end of sophomore year, like I'm going to do this yeah, totally wild, random thing. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think it was just like a gut yeah. move. I feel like so frequently it does those kind of like random things lead to like what you end up doing. Like yeah. today in our history class, there's a guest speaker we had come in. He was saying how he... Um, like he like majored in political science stuff, like IT, and then one of his friends who was working in Afghanistan just called him up and said, hey, I need you to come help me out um, for like this job over the summer. He thought he'd be a couple months. He ended up being there for two and a half years and then working with the UN. And, yeah, and cool. so it's just one of those things where it's like sometimes that gut thing is just like that. It ends up being so much, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's maybe kind of like a fate reason that it feels yeah. like, like something to do. You know? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. definitely. Um, so you mentioned that it was kind of like a private sector sort of. So was it more like male dominated in your or research? Or like when classes? you started working in the private sector? Oh, because yeah. right? like after, yeah, after you, after you graduated from school, yeah, yeah. worked in the private sector. Yeah. So um, yeah, that was also a really interesting job. Um, Do you want to like yeah. say a little yeah, about that job first, and then <laughs> so yeah, I graduated yeah. from my master's in oceanography and. Um, I ended up finding a job working for a small company that makes um, trace level mercury analyzers, oh, which is a very like niche so product. specific. <laughs> so specific. Um, and it was a really good job to get like right out of school, basically like mm -hmm. my first real adult job. Yeah. Um, and really small business like there were eight of us eight of us nine people that worked all together um and it was a great job because i was able to start out with a fair bit of supervision and over the course of two and a half years like really kind of grow and take on a lot more responsibility um and kind of come into my own in the working world that way mm -hmm. um it was kind of like that room for growth yeah. yeah, yeah, and I guess when I ended up feeling like there wasn't any more room for growth, that was when I decided yeah. to leave that job. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was it was a good job. Yeah, um, and like I think getting the question Malvika was asking about, um, 
often like science, engineering stuff is very male dominated yeah, sector. STEM. So like, how was that going into that? And um, it it was really male dominated. Yeah. Um, so the woman who did shipping and receiving. Well, it was a woman. Um, and then one of the people who assembled, like actually built the instruments, um, was a woman. And other than that, it was all men. Um, interestingly, though, we had a sister company that was a like an analytical lab. So we made instruments that scientists could put into their labs to analyze their own samples. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, um, especially government labs, for example, would just do a lot of collecting of samples and then send them in to be analyzed. And so mm-hmm. that's what our sister company did. And that, I would say, was almost more female than male, which is really interesting that, yeah. and maybe that kind of gets at some of the differences, um, like even in different divi- uh, disciplines of science, like biology versus physics. Yeah. You know, like biology, I think you find a lot more women involved physics there. Physics is definitely and, very, like, male yeah and I mean same with engineering Mm -hmm. and things like that and so maybe that kind of gets at the difference there of this kind of um, lab company had a much higher representation of women Mm -hmm. um, compared to the engineering side yeah I don't know yeah interesting what was it like to work at a company that was had I mean it's very small obviously but like was somewhat male dominated yeah um you know, we live in a pretty liberal place, and I think yeah. people are typically pretty open about or accepting. Or, but um, I don't know. I was obviously younger than I am now, mm-hmm. and um, there was yeah, there was sexism and some like weird things that happened, and. Um, I still don't really know what to like make of that or yeah. what I should have yeah. like, done differently. Yeah, I often feel like when I'm in settings where it's like male dominated and, and it feels like that's affecting the way that like I'm working, Yeah, I still don't necessarily know how to react or what to do because it's yeah. like, do I say something? Does anyone else realize that's happening? And it's also like it's such mm-hmm. a subtle thing. Like I feel like often you don't even – really know yeah most of the time I don't even notice until like after I was like, it's oh, like oh we look back like that's mm, why that was weird yeah I, like mm. drew something instead. right yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah like how do we disrupt those patterns or mm-hmm. um yeah Definitely. I don't know I guess now I well hopefully I can empower people like you to <laughs> yeah feel like you can say something yeah I don't know so I guess kind of transitioning then to teaching yeah. um so what made you decide to do this make a switch to teaching so when I finished my master's before I got that mm-hmm. weird random job mm-hmm. I thought I wanted to go into education but I mm-hmm. was thinking outdoor education like um yeah taking kids out into the woods or things yeah. like that mm-hmm. uh that's a hard place to actually find a job mm-hmm. um there's a few places that do that yeah yeah, yeah. especially like year round yeah. and um and so you know i found this other job and then when that um i reached the end of that job and kind of felt like i had gotten what i wanted out of it mm-hmm. um i started thinking back about education again and mm-hmm. um took a little time to volunteer in a couple schools 
Mm-hmm. Um, because ultimately, like, if I was interested in education, like, being in a classroom is the most effective way to do it yeah. and also the most I mean, practical way, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I nannied for a year <laughs> and took a bunch of classes and um, tried to make a really, like, this is almost the opposite of that, just like going and doing the study abroad sailing program that mm-hmm. was got decision. Like I tried to be really systematic in my mm-hmm. decision to do this because um, I don't know, it was a big change. Yeah. And like I went back to grad school again and yeah. Um, yeah. So I wanted to be sure that I was making the right step. And be prepared to. Yeah. And know what I was yeah. getting into. Yeah. You know, like. Every adult has memories of high school, but they're not always what high school is like now, or being on the other side of the classroom is totally yeah. different than yeah. being a student. And so, um, yeah, and I think it boiled down to, well, I love science. I think science is awesome, and it could, I like sharing it with people. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think education has opportunity to be really impactful and like knowledge is power and um if I can even just get one or two students to feel excited about science like mm-hmm. that's a pretty good day so <laughs> yeah totally yeah. um what kind of value I guess do you see in your work now that kind of wasn't there before or like how is it more meaningful to you teaching so Oh, man. Teaching is so much more meaningful than what I was doing before. Not to say that my job before wasn't, didn't have a purpose, you know, but um, now every day I get to work with dozens of students and especially like, I really love the age that you guys are at, like late high school, Mm -hmm. because you have like... Not that younger people don't have interests, but like you have interests. We're like much more like we're like almost full fledged people. You almost know what you're gonna do. Yeah, we're we're like much more. Yes, it's just it's so fun seeing you pull in um, your interests in other areas and expand your interests and um, build on your past experiences. That's really that's really great for me as Mm -hmm. a teacher to get to see that happening. Mm Um, yeah, I guess kind of like kind of building off of that, what has it been like getting to create like personal relationship with students? Like I imagine that's a big part of the job. Oh and my like, gosh, that's <laughs> huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like was, I guess kind of like going into like, was that harder than you expected or was mm-hmm. that easier? Did that end up being like, like more of a part of it than you thought? Like what? So, I mean, this sounds funny to say, but in teaching school, they like, teach you how important it is to make relationships with your students and it makes a lot of sense right Mm -hmm. like um yeah and I know I'm a naturally very introverted person and so um to be outwardly um expressive all day long yeah is something that I do really have to work at um and I usually go home and I'm like just a limp noodle by the end of the day because I have like put out a lot more um I think Mama can relate to that yeah she's such an introvert yeah Yeah. complete opposite she's like the typical extrovert I've caught on to that yeah yeah it does Um, like I only talk to people for like an hour and I'm like not tired at all and Malka's like I'm done like school like oh god I'm hibernate now yeah yeah so um but I mean just in any sort of relational 
setting. Like there are mm-hmm. people that you can make relationships with mm-hmm. more easily than yeah. others. And that's true in teaching too. You know, there are some students that it's really easy to interact with and some students that, um, you know, and that's fine. That's life. Yeah. So have you had to deal with parents a lot? Are there a lot of parents yeah, that have? haven't. Yeah, I mean, which yeah, I'm really good. surprised, yeah. actually. Um, I don't know. That's good. I think <laughs> if it's a no, we'll just end it there. Like, it's I think there's <laughs> maybe an effort, especially kind of in junior and senior year, to mm-hmm. get students to take on a lot of the yeah, responsibilities really themselves and like spread their wings. Um, <laughs> and so I think we try to involve the student, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely open to talking with parents. Yeah. yeah. I also feel like the answer would be very different if it was, if it was in like middle school or even definitely grade. like mm-hmm. definitely in middle school my parents have a long conversations with my teachers. But <laughs> my parents never, 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 never. They were oh like, god. it's all you. It was like have one fun. grade went wrong. It was just like, oh god, we gotta call everyone now. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I think also particularly at this school, like um, kids in middle school are like really encouraged to figure out how to communicate with their teachers mm-hmm. on their own. Yeah. And so I imagine that plays into it too. Yeah. 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 Uh, so you went through like a lot of years of school, like you did college, grad. Um, so like what is it like to go through that many years of school? Because I think a lot of people in high school looking out to that, that sounds really intimidating. Yeah. But um, I guess to be honest, I really like being a student. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's something that I've had to get used to as a teacher mm-hmm. is that not all of my students like being a student yeah. as much as I liked being a student. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm really, like, task-driven. And so when I, like, assign an assignment and, get, you know, my students maybe don't want to do it, I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> That's, I, like, relate um, because I'm so task-driven. I'm like, yeah. I, here's like, I do, like, I do this, then we do this, then we do this. And I'm like, check. Exactly. Oh, yes. gosh. So checklists checklists um, are amazing. Yeah, I really love to do lists because you get to check it off yeah it's so, so satisfying um but yeah that's something that i've been thinking about a lot more like especially now that i've taken on a role as a teacher is mm-hmm. how um education like the value of a degree and the value of experience yeah. mm-hmm. um because we do place a lot of emphasis on the degree, and that mm-hmm. is important. Like, it'll get you in the door or get your resume looked at. Yes. Um, but experience is so important, too. Mm-hmm. And I think that you can make up for, um, or not make up for, but like, I think they play it equally as important of a yeah, role. And so, I think sometimes just like getting out there and trying but mm-hmm. again sometimes it's hard to get your foot in the door without having that like stamp after yeah. your name and I also like, think there's yeah. interesting people often I feel like see high school as like um you know like things you're learning are what are important but like oh well like I took a test and I forgot everything so like why does it even matter and it's like but yeah. I think a lot of it's the experience of learning how to learn yeah. oh totally because then it's like you use your experience and the skills you build as a student mm-hmm. To then go learn the things you will remember. Yeah. And so I think that that's the idea of experience applies to the classroom too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Completely. Okay, cool. 
Um, do you have any advice to give to young teachers or people who have been through like similar experiences to you or hope to kind of have a similar career path? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, at this point, I'm pretty early in my teaching career too, so yeah. I probably don't yeah. have much useful advice. <laughs> um, but I don't know. You can do it. Whatever you set your mind to. That's so corny, but I guess that's all I have yeah. for that. Good advice. True fact. Um, okay, I guess we have um, one more kind of like fun question for you, and then we'll do the little um, try to at home segment. Yeah. So our fa- our last kind of fun question is, what was the worst meal and the best meal you had on one of your cruises? And or like exhibit, exhibit, uh, travels <laughs> on a ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the sail, the tall ship, mm-hmm. sailing trip, mm-hmm. um, the food was amazing. Oh, like, so that's probably why you fell in love with it. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, yeah. how could you not okay, love... It wasn't even the ocean. It was just the food. It was the food. It was the ocean. <laughs> the it was, like, warm. The whole thing was amazing. I imagine I was kind of shocked to then go on the cruise in the Bering Sea where it's yeah. not warm. Not warm. I'm guessing the food is probably not as good. Not good. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the tall ship... They're, they call it six meals a day. Like, you have breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then you I'm also have, like, lunch. morning snack, afternoon <laughs> snack, nice. and I then, love this. Um, Sounds great. like, a midnight snack. Because mm-hmm. there are people up 24 yeah. hours a day, right? And so you have to have food for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just so good. Like, we didn't have, like, all the bread was fresh break, baked because, you know, we're at sea for six yeah. weeks. And so you just baked fresh bread every day, and it was just so good. Um <laughs> On the Coast Guard ship, um, I mean, it was like cafeteria food, you know, but not like cafeteria food here. This is this cafeteria is like at this school is like good. off the hook. Yeah. Um, and especially, so, you know, I worked the night shift, and so I would get up at about 11 o'clock at night, and they have a meal then called Mid Rats. Um, oh, this sounds particularly bad. <laughs> and the way I describe it is basically fried food buffet. Oh, you know, it's wow. like jalapeno poppers and French, and you know, and like oh, you're just getting up meat. and you're like, oh, great. Like, yeah. let's ingest a lot of grease. <laughs> like, that's a good start to the day. Um, yeah, so I'd pretty much just eat mid rats and then breakfast and then go to bed. So I actually, like, because I did the cruise twice, the second time I brought a lot of my own food. That's smart. <laughs> yeah, I would do that. Because it was just like, yeah. I can't, and the second one was longer than the first mm-hmm. one. I just couldn't, I couldn't do it again. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I guess we can move into our last segment, which is something Malvika is going to introduce for us. It's the Try This at Home segment. So I kind of copied this off another podcast. Yeah, we are. We but are, that's okay. <laughs> we, we like this segment. We're, what is it? Uh, Copying is the f- greatest form of flattery. Is that yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Imitation yes. is the Imitation, that. <laughs> so we're imitating this. So try this at home is basically kind of like any tip or any, I guess, piece of advice you have for someone. Not really like a slogan. Like you can do whatever you want to, but like just like a something to try thing. at home. Like something that you've done that's like worked. Anything, really. Something to try at home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Every morning, I drink an ounce of vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> that was not what I was expecting. 
Um, it's Would you like to explain why? <laughs> so it's um, it's a certain t- it's so it's apple cider vinegar that oh, has okay, had yeah. um, like herbs and mm. roots and things steeped. That's so it has like lemon and lime. Oh, it's like the vinegar. Yeah, they, yeah. they sell that at the grocery store. Yeah. Fire cider I tried is what that. it's called. Fire cider. Yeah. Intense. So yeah. I drink an ounce of that every morning. That's like I like get up, I put the coffee water on, and I drink my vinegar. Um, and is there a reason why? So, I mean, they say it's a homeopathic remedy, right? Yeah. So, like, I don't know if it actually works, but I think it works. So I'm gonna just keep doing it. <laughs> um, but it supposedly gives you a little energy boost, which you know, first thing in the morning, you could use a little energy boost. And um, they also say that it helps to keep you healthy. And knock on wood, but so far I haven't gotten majorly sick. And working oh in a school, God, I need to try that. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. You know, that's like people enormous. just drop like flies around here. Yeah, they do. I've been sick for three months. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I, I did get the cold that's been going around last yeah. week or whatever, but like not horribly. And I would say you're that's winning. Good. Yeah. You it's, know, it's, it's a pro. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Vinegar. Vinegar. Yeah, try awesome. vinegar at home. I also hear that it's nice as like a like a digestive aid if you oh. like, you know, maybe ate too much and you're yeah. like feeling yeah. a little overly full. Um, yeah. Some vinegar can help. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Fun. Um, so if you are listening to our podcast, this is our first episode, so please go subscribe on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And you can find like us on Facebook. Yep, it's uh, under Everyday Women. Everyday Women. Uh, and please spread the word because we are trying to get a bunch of listeners. Uh, so thank you, and we will be back next week. Thank you. Thank bye. You. So you probably thought that was the end of the podcast, um, but... A couple hours after we finished recording, Miss Engel sent us a wonderful email um, that had some other advice she wanted to share with our listeners, and so we wanted to share it with you because we particularly liked it. So Malvika is going to read that advice for you now. Okay, so um, it starts. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect. Good enough is good enough. I tell myself this every day. And I think it's especially important for women because we have a lot of competing demands and expectations and people who are waiting for us to live out these high expectations. And I think it's great that you have a career and you are successful and to have a family and to be caring and even to meet certain beauty standards. And that's all great if that's what you want, but really we each get to choose what we do. And that amount of energy that we put towards it is amazing. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be good enough. And so we will end the podcast there. Thank you.